0: Welcome to Benim City Podcast, where we strive to bring you truth for your transformation. Grab your notepad and pen as we lean into this week's message. Glory be to God. So, um, I, as I was preparing this, um, I wasn't sure how it would come out. Um, but I'm going to try my best in the next, hopefully, 30 or so minutes to help you understand something but we're looking at the book of Matthew chapter 11 Matthew chapter 11 so let's turn there with your phones uh with your tablets if you've got your physical bible who's got their physical bible who's holy okay I find not one in this room <laughs> yeah. hallelujah all right Matthew chapter 11 looking at verse 25 to verse 30. And I'm reading from the ESV, English Standard Version. So Matthew chapter 11, verse 25 to verse 30. And it says this, it says, at that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children yes father for such was your gen- your gracious will all things have been handed over to me by my father and no one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him Verse 28, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Come on, let's read verse 30 all together, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. And we thank you that our hearts have been prepared in adoration to see you and not our situation, to see you and not our circumstance. And I pray that you are bringing truth into that very place. So God, we open our heart, we open our mind to understanding who you are. Father, we lay aside our own understanding and we give space for you to speak to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. For those who are making notes, um, my title for this afternoon is, It's Still a Burden. Tap your neighbor and say, It's Still a Burden. Come on, tap your other neighbor and say, It's Still a Burden. You have to say it with some conviction. Come on, It's Still a Burden. It's Still a Burden. God bless you. God bless you. So as we read Matthew chapter 11, I want us to understand something. The main message behind the book of Matthew is that Jesus is the long-awaited Messiah. So you find within the book of Matthew that there are a group of people um, called the Jews who understood that the Old Testament, what it did was it expressed that there would be someone who would come, who would then come to deliver them. So what the Jews were doing is they were waiting for their Messiah to come and set them free. And so within this book of Matthew, and remember, I'm just laying foundation right now so that we can understand what God desires for us to understand. Within the book of Matthew, Jesus aims to prove that he is the Messiah. And he does it in such a beautiful way, in a way that I love Jesus. Like He does it in a way where he reveals himself to individuals. So you have a group of individuals who are waiting for this Messiah. Jesus comes, and he, to prove he is the Messiah, he goes around healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. Come on, these are things that Jesus did. When you read through the book of Matthew, you'll realize that these are things that Jesus lived out day by day. And something that he taught his disciples to do was to heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons. And as Jesus did these things, this is what I love. And this is where we really understand everything that God has for us to understand. When Jesus did these things, when he revealed himself, he didn't just stop at his revealing. He didn't just stop at his, here I am. But what Jesus did soon after he revealed himself was that he offered people an opportunity to believe in him and follow him. I'm going somewhere with this. Jesus presented himself before people. He healed the sick. He casted out demons. He raised the dead. And then what he does shortly after is he gives people an opportunity to believe in him and to follow him. If you've been following us for the last, uh, I'd say, five, four, five or so weeks, what have we been looking at? Come on, Panim City, what have we been looking at? Love. Love. We've been looking at this question. Do you love God? Let me say it like this. God is asking you, do you love me? Do you love me? Turn to your neighbor and say, do you love God? I'm building something here. Jesus heals the sick. He raises the dead. He casts out demons. And what did I say he did? He, he, he then presents himself and then gives people an opportunity to believe in him and follow him. There's an example in Matthew chapter 8, and we don't need to go there, but you can write it down for your own notes. There's, a, there's an example in Matthew chapter 8 where Jesus delivers people oppressed by demons and he heals all, all who were sick. And those who witness what Jesus had done then say to him that they want to follow him. And one of the things Jesus says is he says, look, follow me. One, one of the things that sorry people, a, a person said to Jesus was that I need to go back and I need to bury my father. Um, I need to bury my, my father. And Jesus says, look, let the, let the dead bury the dead, but you follow me. So we see there's a premise set in Scripture. Whenever Jesus would reveal himself, he would then call people to follow him. He would call people to believe in him. But I'm going to, and normally what I do whenever I preach is, uh, uh, um, Parsani has described it like a storyteller preacher. Um, Someone who helps you walk through certain things. But I really feel like God is going to bring truth early. Um, within this sermon so I need you to really pay attention this premise is set whenever Jesus reveals himself he then calls people to follow him are you all with me? he calls people to follow him and so to help you understand what this means for you is this week after week after week after week Jesus has revealed himself in this very room Week after week after week after week, Jesus has revealed. And I'm happy that this is that every single person in here has been in this room at least once. Week after week after week after week, Jesus chooses that as we meet together, that he's going to reveal himself. He's going to reveal himself through healing the sick. He's going to reveal himself through people uh, 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 experiencing his presence. He's He's going to reveal himself through song. He's going to reveal himself through prayer. He's going to reveal himself through truth. But after he's done revealing himself, he presents you with an opportunity to follow him. After Jesus is done revealing himself, someone's come to pray. You've had a moment where you've been able to lift your hands. You've experienced God's presence. But Jesus doesn't just stop at the experience of his presence, but he actually calls you to follow him. He says, follow me. And so what Jesus has done, and I'm trying to help you understand this, but what Jesus has done over the last couple of weeks is he's presented us with this question, do you love me? Will you love me and love people? And I want to permit to you that this afternoon, this is Jesus' way of, of asking us to follow him. Week after week after week after week, Jesus has revealed himself through song, through prayer, through truth. And Jesus' question to you this afternoon, in, in light of will you follow me, is do you love me? We've understood over the last couple of weeks that following, loving Jesus is to follow him, and following Jesus is to love him. Is everyone with me? Following Jesus is to love him, and loving Jesus is to follow him. And so Jesus has revealed himself in this very room. Last week, we had an amazing service. The week prior, we had a a crazy service. How many people were at our Freedom Sunday? Hallelujah. (laughs) Right? God declared freedom... And some of you were freed. Some of you went back home being able to pray, being able to open your word and and read. But God is saying that as I've revealed myself, now will you follow me? Will you live out love for me? Will you live out love for me? And I'm going somewhere with this. There are some of you who have responded to that question with, yes, I love you and I love people. There are some of you who have said, I'm not sure if I love you or people. And then there are some of you who have said, I don't know if I can love you or love other people. Know this, that you aren't the first to have these responses. Remember we looked at the book of Matthew chapter 11. Let's let's look at this again. Because there's an example that Jesus gives with John the Baptist. John the Baptist was someone who presented the, who was preparing the way for the Messiah. And it says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 2 to 6, it says, Now when John, heard, uh, when, when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? And Jesus answered them, "Go and tell John when you hear and see what do you hear and see? The blind receive their sight, and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, and the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the poor have gone have have good news preached to them. And blesses the one who is not offended by me." So, John the Baptist. Who was the very person presenting the way uh, for, for Christ's ministry to come onto the earth? He himself was in a place where he was not sure if Jesus was the Messiah. John the Baptist was not sure if Jesus was the one who would come and who would save and who would redeem and who would deliver the people of Israel. Remember how I said that following him is to love him and love him is to follow him. There are some of you here who have come week after week after week who have sat in these very chairs and you've said, God, I'm hearing, do you love me? I'm hearing you ask me, do you love me? I'm hearing other people pose this question to me, but God, I am not sure. God, I'm not sure because my prayer life is a bit difficult right now. God, I'm not sure because I haven't read my word in months. God, I'm not sure because I haven't even engaged with you. My, my, my relationship with you is, is on a Sunday and then uh, things just go back to normal. You've come week after week and you've had God pose this question to you. Do you love me? Do you love me? And for some of us, if we're honest, it's been, God, I don't know. God, I'm going to keep coming. I'm going to keep coming because, you know, this is where I find comfort. You know, I know people here. But God, I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether I love you. I'm not sure whether I love other people because I just don't feel it right now. Regardless of where you are today, God wants you to know something. He wants you to know something. Matthew chapter 11 verse 25 says this. At that time Jesus declared, I thank you Father, this is what we read, Lord of heaven and earth. That you have hidden these things from the wise. And understanding and revealed them to little children. Your answer to God's question is found within the scripture. Your answer to God's question to say, do you love me? Will you love other people? Your answer to this question is found in this. Jesus highlights two things. Your ability to love me and people is not found in your wisdom or understanding. Your ability to love me, to live out love for me and to love those around you is not found in your wisdom or understanding. And so you've come week after week and you've heard God pose this question to you. Do you love me? And you said, I'm not sure. And the, the reason why you said, I'm not sure, is because you've struggled in yourself to love God. You've struggled in yourself to love people around you. You've struggled in yourself to love those who, who we might call unbelievers. You, you've struggled to love those who have hurt you. Simply because you've rested the, lo- the loving of God has been rested on your ability, on your wisdom, on on your understanding. And Jesus is trying to strip us of that. Because if you come and you try and love God in your own strength and in your own ability, let me tell you what will happen. You'll get really good at doing stuff, but it will produce no long-lasting result. Have you ever been to a really powerful meeting? You know, you... (laughs) You've experienced the power of God and you've lifted holy hands. You've gone home and you struggled with that very same sin, that very same night, after the man of God laid hands on you. It wasn't because loving God is impossible. It was because you were doing the stuff. You were doing the stuff. You were living, you were just trying to do the, the right things. And so God in this scripture would call you a person who is wise and full of understanding. And that wisdom and understanding hinders you from being able to follow him. That wisdom and understanding hinders you from being able to follow Jesus, to being able to live out His commandment that said, love me and love people. There are some of us here who are too learned to love. There are some of us here who know too much. And I'm not just talking about biblical literacy. I'm talking about you just know too much. And so what you've done is you've allowed your wisdom, your understanding, and you've said, okay, God, if I just do things this way, then uh, it will produce love for you. If I just do things this way, then it will produce love for other people. And then what you find yourself doing is you find yourself going back into that same very thing. You find yourself struggling with, uh, with the love for God. You find yourself struggling to love those who have hurt you. Why? Because you're full of Wisdom and understanding. And then this is what Jesus says that God has revealed it to little children. Your ability to love God and people is in your ability to be a little child. Your ability to love God and people is in your ability to be a little child. Look what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 3. It says, at that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. This is how God helped me understand this scripture. Is that the kingdom of heaven is the expression of God's nature. God's nature is that of love, right? His commandment that I give to you to love me and love other people. So what he's saying within this is becoming dependent on Jesus will allow you to partake in loving him and loving people. Coming like a little child will allow you to to partake in the love of God, in loving who God is and living out love for him and loving other people. If you're going to answer this question that God is posing to us, do you love me? You have to understand that it's not found in your ability to love God. It's found in your ability to be dependent on him. It's not found in your ability to just do loads of stuff in his name, but it's actually found in your ability to say, God, I don't have the capacity in me. So here I am. Teach me how to love you. Teach me how to live out love for you. Teach me what it looks like to love other people. But if you are so full of understanding, if you are so full of wisdom, then you block yourself from receiving the very thing that that can cause you to love Jesus. For some of us in this room we we we, we hear this question, do you love me? And you go, I've been in church for 10 years. Of course I love you. What did Peter say to Jesus when Jesus said that you'd betray me? I can't betray you. Why was he saying that? Because I've been with you. And so God isn't just looking to to, to touch the heart of those who are new to environments like this. God is looking to touch the heart of those who have been in environments like this for years and years. God is posing the question to you, do you love me? Because you've been, Pastor Ray said this in prayer about the book of Revelation with the church that lost their first love. And it wasn't that they were new to this thing, but what they allowed to happen was that their wisdom and their understanding of how God is. And this is how God operates. And this is how God runs. Oh, and this is how God speaks to me. Oh, and this is, this is what God means by grace and mercy. Their understanding has blocked them from living out love for God. And so the individual that has been in church for years has it harder than the person who just walks in this room. Because in this season, God requires that you unlearn certain things so that you might take on what he has for you. You have to come like a little child. You have to come dependent. Because for all of your days, the one thing that you will never ever grow in maturity in is is growing past your ability to be dependent on Jesus. Don't ever grow past your ability to say, God, I need you. Don't ever grow past your ability to say, God, if if you don't do it, God, I, I don't know. I don't know for this. God, I don't know what my prayer life is going to look like if you don't move me to prayer. I don't know what my word life is going to look like, God, if you don't reveal yourself and show your face through your scriptures. God, I don't know what my purpose is going to look like if you don't impress it on my heart. God, I need you. I was faced with this reality. You get so used to doing the stuff that you realize that you've gone so long without actually being dependent on God. And this is where Jesus goes to. To that individual, he says in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 30. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You have to realize that this scripture comes straight after Jesus is talking about people who have not followed him. I know we've used this scripture in the context of our struggle or pain. But this, what Jesus is saying comes after him saying that these people do not follow me. So come to me, all who labor on a heavy laden. You have to realize something. That this labor and heavy laden is what we feel when we don't follow him when we don't love him or other people I post to you that it's harder not to love God than it is to love him it's harder not to follow Jesus than it is to follow him he says come to me After saying that these people do not follow me, so you, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden. You've struggled to love God because you're laboring and heavy laden. You've struggled to love people because you're laboring and heavy laden. But he says, I will give you rest. And then he says in verse 29, take my yoke, upon you and learn from me. Realize that what a yoke is is what they would tie around the the neck of two animals if they wanted a weaker animal to start plowing the fields the same way a strong animal would. So Jesus says you're heavy, You're, 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 you're you're laboring and heavy laden because you've been trying to love me without me. So take my yoke. Tie yourself to me and let me teach you how to love me. Tie yourself to me and let me teach you how to love people. But this is what I love. And this is where the title of my message came from. is that it's still a burden. It's still a burden. God says in verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light you can hear this type of message and go okay lord let me rest <laughs> let me let me just i've been trying too much <laughs> let me just stop all my activity and let me rest but you have to realize something touch your neighbor and say it's still a burden God says, do the work with me, but you still have to do the work. Do the work with me, but there's work to be done. What is this work that he's talking about in Matthew chapter 11? Love. Love. So you struggle to love me. Take on my yoke. Let me lead you. Let me guide you in how to love me. But you've still got work to do. You have to understand something that the animal that was tied to the animal still had the responsibility to walk. And so you might hear a message like this and go, okay, God, rest means inactivity. No, no, no. Rest means to rely on Him, but there's still work to be done. Take my yoke. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's still a yoke and still a burden. And so God is trying to show us in this season that the the, the only difference is that now you have to love me alongside me. But there is love to live out. The more I misinterpreted God's rest, the less I lived out love for God. And for some of you, you've held on to this mentality that God's going to do it for me. And God's, I'm connected to God. So, you know, if I'm a Christian, then I must love God. If I'm a disciple, then I must love you. Remember what I said, what Peter said, when, when, when Jesus said, look, look, you're, you're going you're to uh, disobey me, you're going to reject me. And Jesus said, impossible. He was a disciple. So his assumption was that because of my position, my position dictates takes my walking, it does not. Your position gives access for you to walk rightly, but you still have to walk. Panim City, it's still a burden. Your burden has now changed from being one that is heavy, one that is of labor, to now being one that is attached, that is yoked to Jesus. But you still have the responsibility to love. You still have a responsibility to wake up in the morning and look to Jesus. You still have a responsibility that when that sin tries to catch you, even after this service as you get home, you have to say no. And his yoke is easy because it's done with him, but it's still a yoke, it's still a burden. God is trying to help us to understand, take heart. I am with you, but I need you to work out love. He isn't just posing this question to us uh, as a joke. We aren't just, like, uh, I always ask myself, God, why is it that some of us come to environments like this and we leave with nothing? And I realize that it's because in moments like this, we don't realize that what's coming from here can actually transform our lives. What's coming from this service can act, ha- actually has the power to deal with that very thing that's prevalent within your life. But God is saying, friends, when you leave this very room, there's work to do. Some of you need to get real practical, and you need to stop waiting to, to feel ready to read your Bible before you read it. How long will you, will you have people say, read your Bible, pray. And it's not to, to, to pull you into legalism. It's to, say that, it's to say this, that if you follow him, it's proof of your love for him. If you obey him, it's proof of your love for him. And so I charge you in this very moment that as you ask yourself, do I love God, that you would acknowledge that where I've been trying to do loads of stuff without him, that the work has to be done with him. I'm yoked with him, but that there's still work to do. It's still a burden. It means that sometimes you might not feel the desire to pray. (gasps) Sometimes you might not want to read your Bible. Sometimes you might not want to love him in whatever way it might look like. I know I'm really singling out devotion life there, but whatever way it might look like, you... Can't wait to feel it. But Panim City does work to do. How long will you bend your knee to that sin? How long will you live in fear? How long when he's provided everything for you? When he said, take my yoke. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's supposed to be simple because you're relying on him. You're relying on his presence. You're relying on his his word, on his truth. But how long will you choose to live at a deficit? Tap your shoulder and say, "Not Not me. Not me. I refuse. That we go through this whole series, this whole uh, series of messages, and we still uh, are, are, let me not use the word struggling, but let me use the word we are still battling with the inability to do the things he's asked us to do. I'm sure Pastor has has no issue going until Easter. (laughs) because we say the same thing over and over again and this is what God has been saying do you love me and however you answer that question the two things that I want you to hold on you do the work with him you're yoked to him but you still have a responsibility to love don't think that rest is inactivity. Hear me. Otherwise, you will struggle. Don't think that rest is, okay, God, because you've, don't be the Christian that says, God, because you've done everything on my behalf, there's nothing for me to do. Because what will happen is you will find yourself living in it, within a reality that you cannot possess. You'll find yourself present within a reality that you do not reap the benefits of. Why? Because you are not walking in love. You can shout, I'm a Christian all day. But until you begin to walk in it, you will not, uh, you, you, you will not reap the benefits of the love of God. He says, take my, my yoke. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take my yoke. Let's read verse 30 all together. Matthew chapter 11, verse 30. All together. And we're going to declare it over our lives. Come on, three, two, one. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. One more time. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come on, you need to say it with conviction over yourself. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let's be on our feet in this room. Now, as I've spoken, this is your opportunity. The thing I love about God is that he is without limitation. But he presents you with the opportunity and say... You can have what you want to have in this very moment. You can have what you want to have in this very moment. But dependent on what you ask of me, dependent on uh, what you uh, uh, desire for me to do, and dependent on the faith that you have for me in this moment, I will do it. So God has set that premise. He will do it but we're going to pray for the next 15, 20 and I know you've heard it said before but pray like your life depends on it because for some of you you've been in a position where you've struggled for far too long and God desires that he would strengthen you in this very room everyone with me? I'm going to read a scripture and then we're going to pray let's look to John chapter 1 John chapter 1 verse 4 John chapter 1 verse 4 The Bible says this, in him was life and the life was the light of men. Read verse 5. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Let's read that together. Verse 4 and verse 5. Come on. 3, 2, 1. In him was life and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. One more time. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it.